0: welcome to so you're kind of a big deal a weekly podcast deep diving into the lives of emerging and established tattoo artists listen in as we dig into origin stories industry hot topics and what it takes to survive in the world of tattooing this is tattoo shop talk it's funny it's crass inspiring and sometimes we get it right join your host sean headley and dave allen every week as we host a new guest The true north strong tattoo book this is a massive tattoo encyclopedia of canadian tattooers 350 pages it's an 11 by 17 coffee table format sean and dan worked tirelessly to get this thing out and sadly it never made it to print so it's available for free download at the club.com and champion tattoo.ca
1: It was great getting to know Curly and this amazing guy that tattooed with one arm. You know, the customer had to stretch his own skin.
2: So I did get blood poisoning from him twice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> twice. <laughs> Ed Hardy brought this whole uh, Japanese influence into American tattooing. Once Dave Shore came onto the scene, it was like tattooing. Completely changed.
1: If anybody could say anything about greaseball
2: Japanese, it's fucking Dave Shore. Salty, piratey, bikery, just hard not to do. Man, he'd pull in on his chopper with the tattoos and the girls, and I mean, he was just like so cool, man. He captured vulgarity and pleasure and insanity and recklessness. Tattoo in the 80s or 70s. Just not the same, uh, yeah, you had to be a tough guy. I was scared shitless.
1: Even though I was, you know, kind of a biker guy, these were bigger biker guys, you know?
2: (laughs) I'm not totally sure you could paint the picture accurately to somebody now getting into tattooing about what it was like then. And the only reason I I would say or I feel that way, though, is because they might not believe you. We had the limo waiting for him with all the lines of blow lined up <laughs> at the airport. This is the way we do it in Canada.
1: <laughs> in like 80s, 90s, Paul, Paul Jeffries was like the king of
2: tattooing. It wasn't just in Canada. Like, am I supposed to stop tattooing? Because if this is what I'm supposed to aspire to, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Each one of these old masters influenced groups of tattooers who in turn influenced
0: other groups of tattooers. Fast Social Club presents So You're Kind of a Big Deal with your hosts, Sean Headley and Dave Allen. Oh my God. I'm out of here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sean's out of here we're at the vancouver <laughs> tattoo convention be fucking nice um with our surprise guest clint dan roth we both hey, know, hey clint we both have a long what? history with clint going back uh, i think before we well before i ever ever was a tattooer i knew clint mm-hmm. yeah we've
1: known each other forever man.
0: and the reason i know sean headley is because of you really yeah i came to get this tattoo finish that dustin had started and you basically in the politest way possible threw yeah. me out of the shop now i remember that yeah and told me to go see uh sean hedley or adam sky yeah and that's uh
1: yeah that was at uh that was at nathan and uh karen's house party remember that you were oh we were yeah sitting on the couch you were doing like janitorial shit or something like that back then <laughs>
0: no i was working in a fly shop were you I think I thought,
1: so. No, because he had the Volvo, man. You had that station wagon. You always had a Oh, no. I was growing
0: things. weed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, janitorial mess. <laughs> nice. All right. So that was the cover for yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, we're here in uh, the Vancouver convention. It seems like a really good turnout. It's busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got in here early. And I was talking to one of the guys that runs the thing, and I was like, is it smaller this year? And he says, it's the biggest show ever. Really? Yeah. It, well, I know they changed halls for sure. Yeah, the hall is. Yeah is big but it, so it makes yeah. everything look smaller inside it's crazy yeah um, yeah we miss you Sean Clint, Everyone's been years,
2: buddy. yeah man just had your 20-year anniversary for the shop
1: for the shop yeah yeah I've been tattooing uh, 28 years and craftsman's been around on and off for 20 years so started that yeah that's crazy oh, so man. when did you open craftsman I uh, started in 98 Wow so it was uh, the original shop was on the second floor on Robson and Granville and yeah. uh, just a little shithole, right? Just a tiny little place there was like it was cool. Oh, it was awesome.
0: There was a tailor up there and yeah. like little clothing stores. There was like
1: a shoe cobbler. there was a small little Italian jeweler, you know and hits I, boutique. Yeah well, yes. hits opened up later. Okay. way later. Um, well, they were on the main floor right above the underground but
0: no, it was fun back then, man. I was uh, that's before the internet. Yeah. 98. <laughs> Before the internet discovered tattooing. <laughs> oh, man, it was totally different. Well, man. there
2: was the internet, just most people hadn't discovered the internet yet. Come on now. Yeah, yeah okay. True
1: enough. Sean knew what the fucking yeah. internet was. Yeah,
2: you had, that's when you had Shoko <laughs> at that shop, right?
1: Yeah, dude. The, that first crew was uh, Jeremy Glenn, Shoko. Uh, Trent was in for uh, a cup of coffee and he brought uh, Ken Greer with him for a little bit. Oh man, that was
0: a heavy hitting shop.
1: Yeah. Um, Breadman, he was, uh, I gave him his first uh, job in Vancouver. Oh, wild. Yeah. And we all, uh, none of us really knew how to run a business or make any money. So (laughs) the shop lasted three years
0: (laughs) and then uh, I closed it to go work for John at the Dutchman for
1: uh, about five years.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Well, let's reel it back a little bit. How did you, sure. how did you even get to owning a shop? Like you like you didn't start tattooing in your own shop.
1: No, man. So, I mean, I apprenticed in Kelowna, right? Yeah. So I was at Ritual there for a bit. and um, I left. Under
0: Rob Thomas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I uh, uh, left in, oh, I guess, the beginning of 95. So re- that's when I met Dustin as well, too. Oh, crazy. And uh, so I was working down at Anarchy on Granville. Actually, Trent got me that job. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had been, I couldn't find a job anywhere. And I mean, Sean, I don't know if you were in Vancouver at that point back yeah. in 95. Yeah. 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 So you remember yeah, I got what?
2: I there in late 94. Yeah.
1: So like for tattoo shops, there was fuck all in Vancouver. Right. Yeah, there was like. Very
0: little. It was Anarchy, Sacred Heart. You would have had uh, Thomas. Yeah. And. There was uh, Devil's okay. Den. And oh yeah, Devil's Den. Mom, yeah, Devil's Den
1: yeah. Mom's a North fan. And
0: Dutchies and the guys' other well, guys. Well, I think that way. was
1: like that weird time when John uh, had closed the shop and done a private studio oh. and sold it to Vinny. Gotcha, yeah. Uh yeah. and then there was Morellas in Burnaby and uh Golden Line in Surrey. And I don't think I don't think uh Dave was back from Amsterdam yet.
0: That's crazy. Like you think of how
1: and many that shops it. that is in the whole fucking city. Yeah so yeah not it's, just
2: the city like the surrounding area yeah too. totally like, oh
1: ace tattoo was still open so oh, that's yeah of when, course. Um, brian and uh well dennis was working there rico was there too no i think it was well brian owned it and i remember going in to talk to dennis to get a job and dennis gave me the old school like no way man you're too <laughs> fucking young i'm not hiring you you know shit like that right <laughs> it's hilarious but you know dennis is good dude and uh so yeah, I'd been out of work for like six months, man. I was, I was actually, the only money I could make is, uh, I was canvassing for Greenpeace selling <laughs> fucking magazines, man, <laughs> literally. And Clint I'd, the environmentalist. Yeah. I made like 500 bucks a week. It was all right. Oh shit. You know? Back then and, that was good money. Yeah. And, uh, was on a bus and I saw Anarchy and I'm like, oh, I think that's where Trent works. So I just went in to say hi. And, uh, cause he was up at uh, ritual when I apprenticed. And uh, he's like, well, what are you doing, man? You still got your shit? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you looking for a job? I'm like, fuck yeah. Right. So who, who yeah. started Anarchy? Who was running that place? Trent. So Trent started it originally. Oh, okay. And he was over on the west side, close to Sacred Heart. Yep. And then he, he knew Guy, right? So Guy's, uh, I believe he still owns it under Granville Custom. And he ended up uh, uh, selling it to Guy. And uh, I think that's when he first went to Dutchman. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's some crazy history back then. Like that Mm -hmm. was, uh, Granville Street in Vancouver was like all pawn shops in that area. So you had like all these pawn shops and sex shops shops shops. and tattoo shop. I mean, now it's so gentrified, you wouldn't recognize it. But uh, what a complete change! Oh, totally not. Yeah, yeah, but that's that story about
1: fucking anarchy, though. So I see Trent, right, and he's like, "You got your stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah." So he goes. Well, come on down, you know, show me a couple pictures. And literally dude, like I had done four tattoos <laughs> during my, four <laughs> tattoos during my apprenticeship, right? I actually left my apprenticeship early. I was a total fucking asshole, right? <laughs> well, still am, but you know, whatever. And, uh, so I was like, we like, won't tell anybody. <laughs> so I went back to my house and I go to my room and I'm like, okay, I got a fucking tattoo you like right now. Right. So I did like four tattoos on him, took some photos and, uh, brought Trent down the photos. Was like, yeah, okay, sure. You start tomorrow. The day I start, at the end of the day, I did a bunch of tattoos. It was cool. Trent's packing up all this shit. I'm like, well, where are you going? He's like, oh, you're replacing me. I'm going to work at Dutchman again. <laughs> I was like, what?
0: <laughs> no mentorship. <laughs> Nothing, dude. And it's like,
1: I, at this point, I've got maybe eight tattoos under my belt. Oh, fuck. I worked at Anarchy for a year and a half, seven days a week by myself.
0: Oh, fuck.
1: Like, total street shop. There were some days I was doing 10 to 15 tattoos a day, working until two in the morning, right? Was there a counter person, or were you just a f- uh Yeah, there was a guy named... What the fuck? Was- SK. So it was one of, one of uh, Guy's uh, buddies. So he was a counter guy and it was just like I didn't know any different, man. I was in my early twenties. So yeah.
2: Sorry, was Cecilia there?
1: No. You, so man? Cecilia, they had fired her like literally the day that I started. Oh. And okay. then so like me and Cecilia are good friends on Facebook and all that stuff too. But I remember there being a ton of fucking tension at that point, right? Yeah. So that first day I was kinda like, What's going on? Like I had no idea. I was just walking into a shit show basically. Right. And uh but, you know, <laughs> That was, that's it that's worked, all, out for, worked out for Cecilia she's down in what like San Francisco now yeah last time I saw her, she Seventh was at
0: Sun. Seventh Sun. yeah she's yeah. been there for a long time
1: oh she's yeah. doing great down there from what I see in, yeah.
0: You know? yeah, totally. yeah yeah totally yeah man that's such a such a different time back then oh man
1: you, I remember the one day walking out of there I think I had uh maybe 350 bucks in my pocket or something and I was like, what? This is fucking amazing. One day, <laughs> right? Like, and like how I would advertise back then is I'd go to like the candy, the of oven hoe, the fucking old American. And basically. The old A. Yeah. The old, old A. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even have business cards, man. I would just go in and start buying rounds of drinks and telling everybody who I was and shit, right? And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, fuck.
2: Yeah. That was me more at the DJ clubs like Mars and Love Affair and Graceland. And all oh, we that. used to go
1: to yeah, we used to go to College Night at Love yeah. Affair all the time, like Metal Mate. I yeah. think it was like Tuesdays or something. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah. that's where I met. Uh, what was it Blair? He was one of the original owners. of Oh Sacred. yeah, Blair. Yeah. yeah so, Blair and Glenn. Yeah. They so were I
2: were the ones that took it over after uh, off of
1: Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So I met him there before I got the job at Sacred, and uh, he told me who he was, and I was I was right away. I was trying to get a job there as well too, and he's like, "All right, buddy, all right, you know." <laughs> you know, show me some stuff, and he's got the big long dreads. He's hanging out with some sexy chick, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like not a chance.
0: <laughs> but oh, well. oh man! So, how long did you last at Anarchy? Uh
1: so I, w- I would have started working there '95 until '98, so Five. about three years. Three years of seven days a week, just pounding out flash. No, it, the first year and a half was seven, okay. and then they hired a year on. And a half yeah, they <laughs> hired on Jake. I don't know. I don't know if you remember Jake. Um, Jake and uh, Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. So then Jake yep. came in, and then they hired on Aaron Lachance. Oh yeah, Aaron. Yeah. And uh, then then it was going good. And uh, but it, it was such a chaotic shot, man. Like it was just. I mean, it was a great learning experience. Like literally, cut my teeth and you know trial by fire. Like I feel like I can do anything and be in any situation because of that situation right yeah but then my daughter was born in 98 and uh, i was kind of like i gotta kind of tone things down a bit yeah and like i said there was no shops like i I couldn't just go to another shop and apply for a job you know like imagine going into fucking west coast and saying hey man you know down the street (laughs) you want to hire me (laughs) no that's not gonna happen so
0: i think what a lot of people don't understand either is that the like if that neighborhood was pretty wild and the clientele that would be walking in off the street would be completely different than what we're accustomed to today. Totally. Like it was people that got tattooed back then were definitely outcasts in society. They were pariahs. Mm-hmm. It's not, wasn't mainstream like it is today. It wasn't just soccer moms coming in all the time. Yeah. Um, well, you were starting to get the college kids sprinkled started, in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you guys were getting that out in
1: sacred heart for sure. 100%, and, yeah. yeah. And then I found like, I mean, everybody's asked me ever since they're like, how the fuck did you open up a shop in downtown Vancouver without getting your hands broken or something? Right. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't think there, was, I didn't think it was an issue. Like I was yeah. just totally oblivious to that aspect of the society at the time. Right. Whoa.
0: Smooth. Um, <laughs> he hasn't even cracked. He hasn't even cracked this, right? He hasn't even cracked out the bottle of wine he brought. Oh yeah, right there, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> He's got on. some craftsman wine. Yeah, so. I shit you not. So here we go. <laughs> Sweet. look at that craftsman 20 fucking years it says on it
1: badass buddy oh
0: we got some mugs i'm keeping the mug
1: oh yeah it's yours all right but we got to drink the bottle i got another one in there geez.
0: look at this f- screw top <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, the good quality Woo! stuff right so it's just red or white it's red
0: okay good, good. Yeah.
2: oh a room warm white <laughs> right all oh, right yeah. Oh.
0: I know I'd rather drink a cold red than a warm white. Oh, fuck it. We're going to be here for a while. Might as well. That's almost a whole bottle right there. <laughs> that's about two-thirds. Cheers, Cheers, Sean. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's really good grape juice. Yeah. It's not oh, a that's not bad. That's really good coffee.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I
1: don't know. It's the cheapest wine I could find. Right now. <laughs> you just steam the label. Yeah. <laughs> <song. laughs> <laughs>
2: Just bought a super cheap wine yeah. and rubbed yeah. the label off. And 30 bucks on. a bottle exactly for, did, for everybody man. else. in the fucking sink.
1: <laughs> scrubbing the yeah. shit off. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: ghetto advertising, right? So, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Awesome.
1: So you open your shop. All
2: right,
1: so. Oh, go ahead, Sean. What? Yeah, so oh, I, I mean. I was
2: going to say, so now we're at the shop.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I opened it up and, uh, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing, right? Like, we just kind of had to figure shit out as we were going along and stuff and, um. I found once I did that, uh, because I was so young and I wasn't really into, like, I love, uh, you know, I got nothing wrong with the biker culture. I ride bikes. I'm a fucking Harley guy. I love that shit. But at that age, I wasn't really part of that scene. Right. So I started getting, um, younger clientele. Yeah. Right. And I mean, the shit that I was doing back then, like you guys saw it, it was what we used to call new school. Right. So very like illustrative, very like anime based stuff like that. So it was kind of nice. I was starting to get that coming in. And then um, we started getting the younger tattooers coming into Vancouver that couldn't go to any of the other shops. So they started coming in yeah. looking for work with me. And I mean, I was like, yeah, sure. Come on in. You know, some of them
0: were working. Some of
1: them weren't. You know, it's just kind of the way it went. But it was fun. We all had a blast. So yeah.
0: Well, even back then, I remember seeing tattoos mostly on mutual friends of ours. But Karen, yeah. she had some really nice tattoos you did on her early, early on. Like you're. That was like.
1: Just post apprenticeship stuff, but yeah, she let me have some fun for sure.
0: You obviously like you accelerated pretty quickly. Like a lot of us yeah. back then were struggling to accelerate. <laughs> yeah. You had something going already for you.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I definitely credit, uh, my apprenticeship for that for sure. You know, even though it was short, like I'll be honest, like it, I, I quit after, you know, halfway through, right. And
0: you couldn't stay in Kelowna, could you? There was a, no. there was a rider on your. Yeah. So it was 300 K. 300 K. Yeah. <laughs>
1: 300 kilometers, right? So, and I mean, I, I walked into it knowing that and I was totally fine with that. And I can see it, man. You don't teach somebody everything you know and then have them open up a shop right beside you.
0: So right for you people know. listening or watching, he signed a contract in his apprenticeship. Yeah. And the agreement was that if you left, you couldn't work in, within a 300 kilometer radius. So if you're apprenticing somebody out there, that might be something you might want to include. <laughs> oh, dude. And I paid five grand. And, oh, fuck. So five grand to the
1: shop which, uh, you know, got divvied up in the shop and then I had to buy my own equipment. So I wasn't even allowed to set foot into the shop until I had, basically Rob gave me a a school list of what I was going to buy and he bought it for me, but it was good shit. Like my first machine was uh, a brass Jonesy for a shader. Oh fuck. Scott Sterling for a liner, you know, um, you know, national set me up with a national membership. And then at that time you only had uh, Spalding inks and national inks, right? So, you know, he told me, it's like, if you're going to do powder, you know, you go through Spalding to do, mix your reds and mix your greens and yellows and then uh, nationals for the other shit.
0: Mix your own ink.
1: Yeah. That's always fun. Mix your own ink, <laughs> make your own needles. <laughs> I made my own tubes. <laughs> and then of course you experimented by trying to make machines. right? Yeah, of like, course. Yeah. 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 That's crazy.
2: Yeah. What? That's the other thing people don't understand. Like, yeah, there was Spalding and there was National back then, and you just mentioned a membership to National.
1: Yeah. And you know, do you remember how you got that membership? You had to know two people. Well, I had to send them a business card. Oh. I and I didn't even have business cards. Right. Nobody had business cards, so we had to make up business cards that had the shop address with the phone number, and they had to call the shop to make sure it was legit. Oh my god Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Bill Baker got me my membership, so it was like same like. Anybody could order from Spalding, but like you couldn't just, even if you were a tattooer for five years, if you didn't have that membership and somebody to vouch for you, yeah. you could not order from national. Yeah. You know? right, like it was people, definitely locked down for sure. People don't understand that was hard back then to get shit I and mean, yeah. to get good shit. And there, there like was, now you get great shit from anywhere. It's there like, was, uh,
1: oh, I'd never go back to that though. I mean, like the shit no, that we were getting yeah, from those no guys no. was garbage. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Some of that shit was mixed yeah. in bathtubs and stuff. You oh know, fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. I've been there.
0: Done yeah. that <laughs>
2: <laughs> sean and no, i no, no, absolutely it's, no. it's better now yeah right? yeah but way it was better hard back then, yeah. Right? yeah
0: i think that's every time we kind of romanticize the old days it's more about all the shit we had to overcome mm-hmm. in order to learn right like i i had yeah. it easy because all my f- mentors were my friends and they yep. they'd already fucking figured it all out it was just handed to me but yeah i th- i think most people don't understand how hard that was for guys like you like if you didn't yeah. have that connection, it was hard. Right. Like, I, I guess so, man. Like it, it was making your own pigments isn't like, easy.
1: No, it's not. You know, like, but it
0: just seemed like that
1: was like, nothing was easy back then. It seemed though, man, like I remember, you it, know, like I was in high school, um, I didn't live at home, but I was going to regular high school. I worked at nights and then I started going to college cause I wanted to be a journalist. Right. And fuck, I couldn't take it, dropped out. But I couldn't find work anywhere. This is the beginning of the recession. You know, like there was nothing going around. I was getting welfare checks. So like just getting by, wasn't easy back then. Yeah. Right. So getting into tattooing was just such a dream. I was like, this is what I got to do. Sure. Fuck it. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. For some of us misfits, it's like the easiest way into a career. Right? Like, oh, I know. I look back on it and I'm like,
1: how did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) not for one single day that I think I was going to be doing it a week from that day. Right. Like it just always seemed like, okay, just take it day by day. Totally. So yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Back to the shop stories. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) So do you think that you're, you didn't have any issue with uh, the higher ups with your shop opening because your shop was on the second floor? I don't think they noticed, man. I I don't think a lot of
1: people really noticed because there was so many things that happened then. Like the building I was in, we weren't allowed to do street advertising, right? So we couldn't have a sandwich board. We couldn't have a sign on the bottom. Um, Did you have a window sign? I'm trying to remember. No, because our window was in the back alley. Fuck. Yeah. Like it was really what it was is like, and back then it's like, I'm trying, I, you know, I'd be talking with the guys working for me. It's like, okay, we just got to go out and just you know, hand out stickers, put up posters on telephone poles and like the old school way of doing shit. Totally hustle. Yeah. And I mean, none of us had a lot of bills at the time. I mean, I was the only one that had a kid, but I mean, it seemed like, I don't know, it just didn't seem that hard. It just seemed like this is what you got to do. Go do it. And, uh, you know, I wasn't making anywhere near as much as I was in the street shop, but it was definitely a lot happier.
2: Right. So.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was kind of, that was the easy thing back then it's harder now you know if you're starting out to get a you know, client base and stuff because you have so much competition but like you like we were saying like there wasn't a lot of shops no uh, no and a lot of shops were not spending time around younger crowds and all that nope. stuff so us younger tattooers migrating to vancouver and then going in the clubs and the underground scene yeah it was super easy for us to build like yep. know, yeah pretty quickly and stuff you know so yeah, yeah it was definitely like, we were, were lucky at that point in time for sure
0: Like you walk into a club or something and tell somebody you're a tattooer and it was like 30 people would start, would find out about you that night. They're like, oh, that guy's a tattooer and you'd be handing out cards. Whereas now it's like, oh yeah, my cousin's a tattooer and oh, my (laughs) sister's best friend's a tattooer. And it's like, no one gives a fuck. Like it's so much harder to network that way, you know?
1: I mean, I've got, I've I've had clients. I remember this one client saying, oh, you know, my son wants to get into tattooing. I think that's a really good career choice (laughs) And I'm just looking at him like career choice.
0: Oh my god, fuck!
1: (laughs) It's a fucking lifestyle. (laughs) I don't know, but it's just yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's just so different now.
1: Yeah, it's great though. Yeah, but I mean, you know what though? Social media, it's fucking free. Yeah. Remember how much business cards used to cost to get print? I mean, they were. I'm still still printing them. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I print them too. But before they were digital, and you had to do that offset printing. Like, I I remember I I went to one place wanting to do three colors. They're like, okay, you have to draw one color on a piece of vellum, the next color on a second piece of vellum, and line everything up just yeah. to print it. And it was so expensive, right? Yeah. Now you can go on Facebook and Instagram and fucking TikTok, and it's free. Yeah.
2: yeah. I remember getting getting cards printed, and if you didn't think the person you were talking to was serious, they just didn't get a card. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah so well you held a, on to them like yeah. gold right like, like i, I would flash them like it was an fbi and, badge or something right? yeah like, club card know,
2: it's like i have 250 cards they need to last now it's like i ordered ten thousand for the same price oh fuck!
0: Yeah. you remember when club card opened in vancouver and they were printing all those ray flyers and every tattooer started getting all their cards made there it's like when changed I fr- everything
1: when i first started going to them that was when they had the small little studio apartment in yale, yale yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so i went through them for fucking ever but yeah Oh, amazing. Oh, you're just making me sound old now, though, man. Fuck you. I'm older <laughs> than you are. <laughs> I think
2: both you're both older so, than me. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I just yeah. look the best.
0: <laughs> that's, where, that's where that OnlyFans count is going to come from, right? I think you just that's have right. the youngest girlfriend. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, so how long did you have uh, the original Craftsman for downtown?
1: So three years. Three years. Yeah. And – um uh, basically what was happening, I was getting to the point where I think a lot of owners, they get to the point, they realize, okay, the money's not coming in, right? You're not paying your bills. But on top of that, it, I was having fun, but I wasn't learning, yeah. right? So I had kind of stag, stagnated or.
0: Stagnated? Stagnated. There you go. There you go. Stagmented. We I should know, make it. know for fucking journalists
1: <laughs> right? Um. And it's just, yeah, I was craving some, some learning. And uh, I had just gone in to get my sleeve started by John. And uh, so he started this sleeve, which you know, of course isn't finished. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good for 30 years. But John, you know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rob Hope had just broken his hand for the second time. And uh, so I'm sitting in my upstairs you know, studio and uh, John and Lee come up the stairs and it was like, didn't give me any warrant. They just showed up at the shop one day and I was like, whoa. And I'm like, hey guys, you know, how's it going? And I showed him around and everything. And he was like, yeah, you know, um, you know, I got to ask you a favor, you know, uh, Rob's out of commission for a bit. You know, could you come down and work for us for like a month or two? It's like,
0: yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me?
1: Like in Vancouver, John, and I mean worldwide, but at the time I didn't know how big John's influence yeah, was. Yeah, totally. But. John was like the godfather. I mean, Dave's the godfather, but John was like when it came to art. Oh fuck! No, no one. Nobody was even coming close. No, nobody. Right? And uh, so I went in there, and um, Louise was there at the time. So where I was working with Louise for a little bit, and uh, it was just such a surreal experience. It was so rad. Such a small little shop, but every inch was airbrushed by John. He had Onis and Quan Yin and like dragons painted everywhere, right? Like, and then uh, about. Four weeks into it, Rob had actually cut off his cast and was, started coming in, right? Was he
0: tattooing left-handed there for a bit too? Was he he did.
1: I, I saw the podcast. Or oh, no, right-handed. Would, sorry, because yeah. he is left-handed. I saw the podcast and he. I, I think he didn't admit to doing that, but no, I saw him. He, he was fucking <laughs> definitely doing it. Right? But yeah, he cut off his cast and he started tattooing. And I remember every day he was just like, oh, you know, just in so much pain. And it just kind of symbolized to me too. It's like, that's what true tattooers do, right? It's like every day we're walking out of there, we can barely fucking stand up. You know, our hands are killing us, our fucking elbows Backs, are dead. Yeah. Eyes. And we get up the next day and do the exact same o- over again. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, and then after the apprentice, or after, not the apprenticeship, but it, essentially that was an apprenticeship as well. But after that guest spot, he offered me a full-time job. So I was, went back to the crew and you know, I felt sad about it, but Choco had just got a job at Sacred. Um, Steve, um, my ex-wife was friends with Teresa, so we got him a job with Teresa at Lady Electro. Oh, cool. And, uh, oh, I forgot James Collier. He worked there for a little bit as oh, well. Oh, wow. And then James, I'm not sure what James did, but eventually he bought Lotus Land off of Adam. Yep. Um, and then Jeremy Glenn, I think, just kind of disappeared. I don't know what
0: happened. I haven't heard that name since back then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know what happened. Jeremy, if you're out yeah. there, let us know what happened or if anyone knows, yeah. let us know.
1: And then Trent, uh, I think he had gone up north or something, or he might have been in Edmonton at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then uh, progressed a hundredfold working for John. Had my mind blown, my confidence blown, everything destroyed and built back up. But it was like, wow, a complete fucking game changer, man.
0: That was kind of the West Coast school of tattooing. Like, you you couldn't really aspire to more. And he had this knack of... Mm -hmm. not just attracting good talent, but of really, you know, really walking you through, um, I don't know, educating you about art and tattooing. Like, uh, he was intimidating as fuck, man.
1: Like, (laughs) (laughs) like that's literally what it came down to. Whatever he said, especially for like both me and Rob were young at that time. You just didn't argue with, you're like, okay, this is, this is what we do. Right. So, I mean, it was, um, it was a hard way to learn. I don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know many people that could do it this day. And I don't know if John would take the same approach anymore, but for us in that era, it was perfect.
0: It worked. Yeah. I mean, look at all the people that came out of there, like who you oh, worked dear. with at that studio. Yeah.
1: And I mean, the guys that were all there, you know, like, uh, Carrie Irvine fucking, you know, Vinnie Rocco, you
0: know, um,
1: obviously Trent and, and Rob and
0: Trent pair Rob, hope Dustin yep. Croach eventually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dustin was Louis in and Blackstone out of there, was there.
2: How long was, Lu- so when Louise, you first yeah. the yeah. shop, went over, it was just you, Louise Blackstone and Rob, Rob. Then? that's it. Yeah. Yeah. For how and,
1: long? Uh, shit. I want to say, I mean, Dustin came in a couple of times and did guest spots, but he wasn't a regular yeah. until I quit. Um, so it had to have been four years cause I only oh, worked wow. at the new shop for one year. And so when the, when they opened up the new shop, um, I had just started tattooing, uh, Ryan Halter, um, out at the Saskatoon convention, actually no, I tattooed his wife, sorry, his ex-wife Holly, Holly. yeah. And then he booked with me to come in. And then at that time, I think John had an idea of maybe of going a bit bigger. So he told us, he goes, if you guys are tattooing any tattoo artists, see if they want to do guest spots. Right. So we, I talked to Ryan, he's like, yeah, for sure. And then, so they brought on Ryan, and then shortly after that, uh, Jesse Young, and then, of course, uh, Dave Nicholson and Ian. Oh, man, that shop was and, so fun. Oh, yeah.
0: man, the, the fucking, the big shop was insane, right? The, but the, the little shop, though, was a fucking sweat box. Oh, yeah. I just remember going Dude. in there once and walking in and just being like, I don't know how long I can stand in here for. No. <laughs> I'm just going to Dude, we had that. guys dropping, man. <laughs> oh, you know,
1: I like, bet. And imagine this for, like, all oh, you kids out there using stencil stuff and spray on <laughs> shit. We were using speed stick yeah. to apply fucking stencils, man. And imagine what that's S- like. Speed stick, that underarm deodorant that you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just took it on, that. glue it on there, put your stencil on. And imagine how long that lasts when a guy is sweating bucket. <laughs> Body heat, you got Vaseline going on. So like literally it was old school. It was the same as doing the acetate. You had to start at the bottom. Yeah. Work your way up because your stencil would be gone. Fucking dab, yeah. dab. Yeah. Dab. And so many times it would disappear, and you're literally—I mean, we were making hand bomb stencils. We didn't have a thermofax for a little bit there, right? So, literally by two thirds into it, the stencil was gone, and you had to fucking remember where shit was going just based off oh, of a cloud of purple stencil that was there. Right? Yeah. Like, even to this day, my stencils look. People look
0: at them and they're like, "What the fuck is it?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but we'll figure it out, right?" <laughs> it's amazing how much shit you can hold in your brain. Oh, totally. You know, it's, yeah, Yeah. that studio attracted a lot of incredible artists. Mm -hmm. I, I know when I was at Sacred Heart, you'd always get word come through of somebody else who was guesting at, at Dutchies. It was always this, never ending train of like, you know, Maurizio and guys like that, that would come through.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately Mauricio came in after I left and he was one of my biggest influences too. Got obviously introduced f- to his work through John. Yeah. Mauricio and junior fucking love that. Oh man. The flow and movement. I still try to, you know, incorporate that shit into my work for sure. But yeah, their stuff was great, man. man.
0: So what was it like working for a guy like your stuff is you work with John for a long time. He, yeah. He, his influences obvious, but your stuff is not like John's at all, but it is like the background Mm -hmm. and the the elements that are in your tattoos have a lot of movement and flow. Speak about that. Talk about like, well, one thing he, uh,
1: I mean, he, he talked to John or to Rob about this a little bit as well. Um, but one thing he introduced to me that really stuck, um, was the rule of thirds, you know, one third, two thirds, right? And it's essentially a scientific mathematical way of basically organizing anything in nature, universe, but you can apply it to art, you can apply it to color theory, you can apply it to line work, right? And it basically disassociates disassociates your mind um, from overthinking too much how to draw something, right? So if you've got basic rules on where things are supposed to go, all of a sudden by the time you finish drawing it, you've got a natural flow. So he didn't really care about how I was drawing my dragons, like the facial style or how I was drawing my skulls. He was always concerned about composition, movement, and flow. And if you look at any of the guys that have worked for him, whether it's Halter, whether it's myself, whether it's Rob Hope, that is the one thing that is consistent in all three completely different styles. Absolutely. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sean? (laughs)
2: <laughs> i actually watched you guys there for a couple minutes you guys froze on me <laughs>
0: i should have grown my beard out when we worked together years ago we used to get mistaken for oh yeah for brothers all the time it was so fun well you
1: remember the first year that you were working for me and we were doing the convention mm-hmm. It was the first year they asked for a profile photo of each of us <laughs> i sent him a photo of, of him <laughs> So they actually put my name under his photo.
0: I'm like, I don't want my fucking photo in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Oh, we're we're uh, the two Fred okay, Durst okay. lookalikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
1: I forgot about those days. And I used to wear oh, a red hat, too. So, yeah. 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 Holy
2: <laughs> Christ. So when you decided to leave uh, the Dutchman's, what is that when you opened up in White Rock?
1: No, I opened up in Chinatown first. So oh, okay. yeah, my son was born. So again, I had another kid and um, it was going really good uh, at Dutchman. But like I said, we had moved into the big shop. Um, I always knew I was going to revisit the idea of having my own shop at some point, right? Um, obviously, I didn't want to do it when there was only a couple people in there. But at this point, you know, I think we were like seven or eight people in the crew, you know, so I had talked to John, gave him a shit ton of notice, finished up my clientele, made sure I wasn't bringing anybody with me. Um, told them that if they wanted to come with me they could, or by any means anybody at the shop could do that. And um I just knew having a, a second kid, uh eventually it was gonna be a lot harder to start up my own business again. Right. So figured at that point just do it then, right? So I opened up um uh West Pender, which is essentially Cracktown in Chinatown, right? <laughs> yes. But like it is know, now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but like what better place
1: to have a tattoo shop than in Chinatown, right? Like Yeah. It, yeah. Every Chinatown has got to have a shop,
0: right? Yeah, totally.
1: And then eventually it was great, um, but I was commuting quite a bit. So at that point I had, uh, 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 initially it was a private studio, so I was by myself. So, and I did that on purpose because working at the Dutchman uh, was such a learning experience, but it was pretty stressful, right? It's hectic, that place is busy. And I mean, the fact is that you're every single day, you're constantly learning. You're constantly breaking yourself down, trying to rebuild. And um, even for the strongest willed person, that gets tiring after a bit,
0: right? And you guys were working full-time hours. Yep. It's not like so. Oh, dude. And I
1: mean, there was days me and Rob would be working even in the old sweatshop until one or two in the morning. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, it didn't matter that it was quitting time. It's just that you didn't get the job done. So you're working until it's done. Right. So. Yeah.
2: There was no, back then there was no like, oh, I'm gonna take off even though the shop says it's open till six
1: yeah no. yeah yeah uh, hours are loose oh right? you know so. the
2: sun's out and uh, i finished my appointment early maybe i'll take off it's like no, yeah that didn't
0: yeah happen. i'm gonna so take a personal day re- and re- call my yeah. clients yeah <laughs> yeah
2: oh really how about pack your shit and take it with it's you totally
0: <laughs> <laughs> personal day that's fucking monday Dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole time i was at john's i didn't have a single sick day you know like yeah
2: No.
1: I mean, I I don't know if it's politically correct to say that during COVID, but yeah, fuck, we went to work when we were fucking coughing up and fucking whatever, and you just got it done, right? So, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think there's an expectation too that when you're working for someone else, they're paying the fucking bills, you're working Mm -hmm. for them, Mm -hmm. and your job is to fucking show up and put in the time. Oh, and you don't, especially if you're learning, right? Well, and it's not just that too, like. Like I said,
1: I, I learned a lot before I got to John's, but John changed my whole way of thinking about tattooing, you know, like he's bringing in the shit that, you know, he got from like, uh, Horiyoshi and Ed Hardy, where you're taking in the entire body as a tattoo. Right. So like, it was like, even though I might only be doing half sleeve, he'd be like, okay, well, where are you going to take that later on? You know, in in our eyes, we're like, I don't know, that's his problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and he's like,
1: no, no, no. This is how you can get a full sleeve. Like, this is how you can fucking make it work, right? So you're always anticipating your next step, your next step, right? So it was a lot of processing. Um, really changed the way I looked at stuff. But And then, of course, uh, when you get that many people working in an environment, yeah, you know, there's, there's always going to be, like, a little bit of stress. So when I opened up Craftsman the second time, it was just private studio. I wanted to be on my own, but it lasted a year, and I got bored fucking stiff. Yeah. I couldn't handle it, man. I literally couldn't. So I hired a couple of guys. I hired uh, Oog and Monk. And Monk. Yeah. yeah, Mark Jansen and Oog. Uh, oh, those are. Uh, fuck, I can't remember that crazy Frenchman's last name. But
0: Oog, uh, tell me what your last name is. It starts is. with an L. Lazier. There we go. Or Lazier. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to but, butcher it. You can. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Those, those, we guys yeah. those guys were great, man. Yeah. Yeah. How long was it before you, because I remember at one point you were commuting between both shops. You had opened the White Rock shop, Mm -hmm. which is a fucking story in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And you had the one in Chinatown.
1: So I was in Chinatown for about four years and um, the commute was killing me. I was spending almost two hours a day back and forth.
0: Because you lived in Langley.
1: Yeah. And um, so I started looking uh, into Langley. I'd actually even talked to Donovan at Lady Luck about becoming a partner there and uh, it didn't really work out um donovan's a great guy it, nothing against it but it just um langley's weird when it comes to zoning. well no just with their zoning right like no, langley's weird Yeah. Oh, no. Langley. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like okay well i can't go there and uh yeah i was just in white rock one day at the beach and i'm um, like fuck, imagine having a shop here like this might be all right you know so we talked to city hall and they're like nope we don't allow tattooing or pawn shops and or course, strip clubs. Or strip clubs. Yeah. yeah. Everything's pawned into the same thing. Right. So, yeah. but, um, so it was actually Donovan's, uh, wife, Gidget. She's like, well, you know, the reserve there has a building and, uh, you know, it's, I don't think it goes through fucking uh, White Rock. Right. So I was like, really? So I talked to the reserve band and they're like, yeah, we'll set you up. So I managed for five years, Tatooine wasn't allowed in White Rock. So it was the only shop there. Right. And, Fuck, we were
2: killing it, it was and an the, awesome that so the, spot was so fucking cool it was yeah. under
0: the wag this really awesome restaurant and it was on the other it was on the beach side of uh the strip in white rock so there was there's really no in white rock there's no buildings on the strips on the beach side of the strip and this was the only building down there that was yeah and it had parking like and ample parking
1: it, it's a hundred year old building it yeah. looks.
0: It's uh, looks like an old plantation. It's mansion. fucking haunted. Yeah, and it is haunted. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Crazy. Yeah, but tell yeah. What, what was the story? You the first day you opened up because it was on Resland, you didn't have to. You, the zoning was different. You didn't have to get the health board approved oh, yeah, or anything. To, you I, just opened up,
1: and then the we didn't have to do anything. So it was like, um, uh, so the residential uh, communities they have like one health inspector inspector for, I don't know how many square miles. Like it's forever, right?
0: Yeah, we need another bottle. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. I didn't drive today. I took transit. (laughs) I
1: Ubered. I Ubered. I didn't drive. There
0: you go. Sweet. (laughs) Let me
1: finish this a little bit. And um, yeah, so I didn't have to apply for anything. I just had to get approval from the band. And then uh, actually it was funny. We did a little shop warming party, invited everybody from the band and like local communities and clients and set it all up. And I mean, it was pretty cool. I had an art gallery in there. We had stations facing the water and stuff and this one guy shows up and, uh, you know, wearing the jean jacket, biker vest and the flipped up hat and all this stuff. And later turned out to be a really cool client, but he comes in and right away, I was just like, what is this guy about? I've never seen him before. Right. One of the band members comes in and he goes, uh, Troy,
2: <laughs> Troy. Troy,
1: what the fuck are you doing here? Troy's RCMP. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i met that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Troy's
1: amazing. And I was just like, Troy, so, Derek, we love you. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, dude, like, are you on cover or something? Like, are you fucking whatever, right? And, and he's like, no, no, no. He turned out to be a rad guy. He ended up getting tattooed by every single person in the shop, yeah. even in the new shop. So I don't think Leo's tattooed him yet, but he's been tattooed by every single person. That tattooed
0: happened. right down to the knuckles. Yeah. Hands.
2: Who was it one night when we were all drinking on the strip when I was guest spotting? It was either Andrea Hart... Yep. So somebody stole his hat he was doing traffic i think it was andrea <laughs> yeah and we, they drove by in the cab and reached out and took his fucking hat <laughs> and he had to come to the shop and get it and he was like yeah you can't do that
0: <laughs> see i didn't know about that <laughs> yeah we used, wow. as, we used to sticker his we used to sticker his cruiser all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh that's oh, awesome yeah. Oh, uh, he's amazing. Oh,
2: man. Yeah, that shot was crazy. That day we came to work and there was a goddamn beach fucking whale.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was emotional for Sean. That was,
2: that was crazy. Cool. I, I
0: wasn't here. A I think
2: I
1: was in, uh, I think I was down in, uh, maybe at San Francisco or at San Diego at one of those shows.
0: You might have been getting tattooed so. by Aaron in uh, Seattle. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, I think you
1: were getting maybe. tattooed by Aaron, yeah. Yeah, I
0: remember I was in the States somewhere anyway. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah,
2: yeah and it was me, Dave, uh, Kaya. Yeah, I think Rob might have been there. That I don't sh- know if he was there that day, but he was working there. So. That shop was so fun. I, I
0: I worked there for two years, and I lived down the strip by the pier, and I could, on a low tide day, I could walk the beach to work. Yeah, oh, it was great. On a high tide day, I could paddle my paddleboard yeah, to, board do to that work. Paddleboarding, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot it was about that. oh, that was such a great location. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome.
1: And then, uh, so who yeah, worked so- there? So, okay. So we had, uh, first guy that I hired was, uh, Dax. What's Dax's last name? Brunette. Brunette. Yeah. Um, and then brought in, oh, okay. I'm going to forget about the chronological. Yeah. Fuck bill. that shit. So there was, uh, Kai, Kai Saunders, uh, Kaya Heitland, uh, Dan Thompson. Um, yourself, Rob was in
0: there. Um, Bobby Tripp, Bobby Tripp. Ooh.
1: I know. You know what I wrote. Oh, Rob down.
0: Hope was in there, like yeah, on yeah. and off, like. Uh, oh, you wrote it. On. He's got his. Phone I did. Out. I had to wait. You of this see shit this list? It's really fucking long. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm a hard guy to work for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh,
1: who the fuck did I have in there? Can I ask? Yeah, and then towards the end, Andrea and um, Oh Janine, yeah, Andrea Hart. Yeah, yeah, right at the end before I switch shops, uh, they were there for a bit. And, uh, but no, it was, it was a fun little shop. Like Andrea just came out essentially straight out of her apprenticeship. Um, Jenea was apprenticing or no, she wasn't apprenticing, but she had been working at the same shop for a few years. So it was like her first excursion out there as well.
0: So I don't know what other people yeah. would say that worked there, but I know Sean mentioned this when I first started working there. I remember him texting me saying, what the fuck happened? Cause I going to work at your shop was, I imagine very similar to going to work for John. There was like an expectation on what you would, what your output would be and Mm -hmm. quality, but there was more than that. There was this, you were always a great teacher. Like you were always an open book, willing to share. You never judged based on style. It was always like, this is Mm -hmm. maybe you should rethink it and do it maybe like this or try it like this. You're well, you know, it was easy to go there and learn. Yeah, I
1: mean, some people have said that.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: some
2: people. Yeah, have, some people don't like some people no, and, don't like to be helped. And, to be, and, to be like
1: completely to be honest, it it took me quite a few years to kind of assess a situation before I would say stuff like that. Like that's the way I learned, so I always kind of tried to pass that on, right? Um, but some people don't want to hear it, and that's totally fine. I'm not there to fucking you know do anything that they're not expecting and stuff, right? But yeah. I I always looked at it it's like. Man, it's the same as me. It's like I had some of these young kids. I'm like, well, what do you think of this? Like, because, you know, when you do a drawing, you know, your eyes are focused on this shit for so long, you're going to miss so many things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have somebody that say, well, maybe you want to turn that leaf out or bring this in or something like that. And it changes the whole look of the tattoo. So, you know, I've always tried to do that, try to be um, whatever was passed on to me, try to pass it on to, you know, the people that have worked for me. Right. So, yeah.
0: So that I often talk about mentorship, and to me that's exactly what you're doing there is mentorship. It's just not a apprentice-type mentor. Yeah. Um, does that change the way you think about your own drawings? Like do you have to sit back and analyze and think, oh, I don't know how I do this thing, let me think about it, and then you can explain it. Does it help your own drawings? Well, I mean, yeah. Uh,
1: and the only reason I hesitate on that is because if I'm looking back on – and I mean, you guys have known me a long time, so you've seen my artwork, right? Um, I'm not going to say my artwork is better now than it was, you know, 30 years ago, but it's definitely changed, right? And I mean, I know a lot of artists where tattooers where the art hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. I I can't be like that. So, I mean, I've been around and I've worked around a lot of people. Um, I've had a lot of different influences that I find that after a few years, I'm just naturally changing the way I draw. I get... I look at something that I did four or five years ago and I've got no issue with it. I think it looks great, but I'm like, I don't want to draw my dragons like that anymore. You know, I want to do something different with it. Like, it's like learning a new skateboard trick, you know, like the best point in your fucking day is when you land that shit. Yeah. yeah. It's not how many yeah. times you land it. Right. Uh, so
0: do you work that stuff out while you're tattooing, while you're drawing or while you're doing other stuff? Cause I know you're really prolific with painting and as well.
1: Painting um, definitely is a way for me to try new things. You know, definitely, right? Um, Not necessarily stuff I would do in tattooing, but, you know, you can take anything from that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's definitely nice to work out on painting or on paper. I I don't do it on skin, though, right? So, like, I might draw something five or six times for a tattoo, and then a lot of times the day of, I'm going to redraw it again, Right. But once I get to the tattoo, it's, you know, it's all business. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to experiment on people, right? So Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know there's not... I, I don't know if I've worked with anybody that's as prolific as you are huh. in tattooing. I know there's other prolific tattooers out there. Jeff Tan would be one of them that I would mm-hmm. almost always mention. Uh, but I don't know anyone who does big work and finishes it quickly. James Tax, obviously, is another person. Oh, yeah. But you, you have been for as long as I can remember, been putting out a lot of work and finishing it quickly. How do you, what's the drive there? I mean, um,
1: I think that's just the way it's supposed to be, you know, like, uh, I mean, I was never taught to be, to take speed over quality. Right. mm -hmm. But in the same token, it's like we're doing tattoos, right? So we're causing people pain. We're charging them by the hour. Um, there's healing times involved. Right. So, as creative as we want to be with something, we have to take all this shit into account, right? You know, you, you've got to have some sort of, um, uh, you know, you got to think about your client that way, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'm definitely concerned with that. And I mean, the one thing I will say is like, uh, I've been pretty lucky. The majority of my clients, they can sit five or six hours, no problem, you know? And there's certain things that I like to do, like try not to wipe too much, you know, like little things that can really progress somebody from getting through a, a session. And then get it done. Yeah. And then on a personal level, there's nothing worse than starting an outline on somebody and them coming back five years later to color it in. <laughs> so like when I book shit, I'm like, okay, you want to get a sleeve? Awesome. Here's a all lot, your appointments. <laughs> yeah. A lot of clients, a lot of artists, especially new ones would be like, oh, we'll just book in your first appointment. We'll figure it out from there. I'm like, I won't even take the client on unless they can come in at least once every six to eight weeks, leave a deposit down. And I guarantee them, like, if you do that, you're going to be done in five, six months.
0: Yeah. You know, and consistency yeah, beats out that. long sits even. Oh, exactly. if you can come in every two weeks for like two hours, that's going to beat out you booking and trying to do an eight hour sit every two months. And
1: dude, like. the finished piece looks so much better when it's like that. Yeah, totally. You know, everything's nice and smooth. It's all
0: saturated. Yeah. 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 The lines aren't gray cause they're six years old and the fucking color is like. <laughs> Nothing worse than having a guy come back on a rad piece
1: and you're like, it's been five years. I have to re outline this now. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, totally. I have
2: plenty of those in my career as I'm sure you do. Oh,
1: yeah. totally.
0: That's how I learned it, right? You yeah. learn by trial by fire, right? So. Yeah. 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 Um I want to hear some convention stories. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a few well, of those. So we we did <laughs> one convention together and it was it was an eye opener for me for what what can possibly be fit into a convention weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> So anyone who knows me knows I'm in bed by 9, 10 o'clock on a convention weekend. Maybe it's 11 or 12, but I'm in bed, and I behave myself. I get up early, and I'm pretty calm. <laughs> <laughs> we went to L.A., and we did the Queen Mary. I can't remember Long, what that fucking Long Beach sh- show. Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, those were fun shows. Those were fun shows. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, I miss those shows.
0: But I remember coming to your room in the ship. You stay on a boat. So you don't have to go anywhere. You stay on the actual
1: Queen Mary. My grandmother brought my dad over from the war on that boat. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I go to find Clint the first night and uh, he's in the room and he's got, he doesn't just have a bottle of booze. He has an array, (laughs) like (laughs) different types, all like 40 Mm -hmm. pounders. Yeah. And you know, you know where the weekend's going, but you have this... You work hard Not all fucking week for me, though. No, just no, so no, no. We're no, always no. hosting. Yeah, right? so, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you you have this incredible way of working hard and partying hard at a convention. Like you really get the most out of it. A lot of people, like myself, I would go just to socialize mm-hmm. and have like a. It's one dimensional. Other people they go just to work a lot. You work a lot. You socialize. You have a good time. Like, what's what are you getting out of a convention that most of us are just fucking missing? Well.
1: I had a family when I was fucking 23, right? So it's like, when I'm at home, like, I hope people don't get the wrong impression on me. Oh, no, you're a family man. We all know that. You know, raised a family, was married for, you know, 23 years, all that stuff. Totally straight-laced during the week, right? Once in a while, we'd have drinks on the weekends, but nothing. Conventions, well, you know, if we be completely honest, a lot of the drinking was from the anxiety, right? So, like, I battled anxiety for, like, many, many years, right? So it was like one way to be able to settle down for a convention and do your tattoos was let loose, you know? And, um, I never thought of it that way to be honest. Yeah. And I mean, that's not the only reason, you know? Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get out there. You know, the adrenaline is just, I love it, man. It's like working the circuits or something.
0: Yeah. You know, it's awesome to see you in that. To me, that's your element. Yeah. You know, uh, working with you for two years was, uh, you know the day in day out thing it has all the family stuff like you are but the week seeing you at a convention weekend was um mm-hmm. it was you kind of came alive you know like you you yeah. really you it's like my alter ego or you something. grew it's know. like Old you became a superhero you know like, puts
2: on those dancing shoes and hits the dance floor yeah That's it. yeah
0: it was awesome it's awesome no it's
1: uh yeah i definitely and of course you know you get tired of them after a bit you know by the time the end of the season is Um, I mean, you're almost 50. So how many years do you have left? Really? Well, I hope, I hope, I hope at least another 40, right? But no, Uh. the the shows are fun, man. Like, like I remember, so the first show I ever did, uh, 2001, or actually no 2000, I actually did it with Shoko and we we, we went to Toronto. Shoko Sonoda. Yeah. And, um, that was the only convention in the only big convention in Canada at that time, right? And uh, it was okay. And I remember going with two suitcases. So I had one suitcase because I didn't bring flash because I was a custom tattoo artist. So I had one huge suitcase full of reference books. So Japanese and fucking all this shit, right? And all my drawing supplies and all that stuff.
0: And no one in Toronto knows what Japanese tattoos are no, I, at that time. See, I'd never been to these most at that time, right? But and
1: uh, yeah, like, and then my second suitcase had uh all my equipment so you had like this huge fucking power supply like the toaster machine from <laughs> national right <laughs> yeah. all your cords and then i brought my needle making kit just in case oh, i ran out of needles, all your tubes like everything right and then i had a backpack of clothes <laughs> that <was it. laughs> and that kind of that was like the first one and then right after that things started to take off a little bit like i got a the magazine interview in, I think it was the first Savage. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Halloween edition. And, um, that, you know, everybody's like, how the fuck did you get in there? It's because I used to fucking go to journalism school. Right. So the first thing they teach you in journalism is how to submit freelance art right? and writing. And all you gotta do is look in the inside folder and there's a name <laughs> yeah, totally. and you address your photos to that fucking dude. Yeah. You saved yeah. him fucking weeks of work. He prints it and makes a shit ton of money off totally. your back, right? Make someone's job easy. But because of that, I got invited to the Milano convention.
0: Oh, crazy. And that
1: was my second, and it was oh. invite only in Italy. And so other than Toronto, I had never been out of BC, right? And like I said before, I, I do historically have a little bit of anxiety. So it was like. I don't know, man. This is kind of crazy. But I ended up doing it and uh fucking blew my mind. I was set up right beside New School Collective. Oh wow. And that was the original <laughs> crew of New School yeah, Collective. Uh, yeah, Adrian and Adrian Lee and uh, Paco. And, yeah, Paco. I'm not sure if Grime was there. Um those guys were such heavyweights at that time. Oh, like, dude. It was yeah, all they, anybody would talk about. Yeah, totally. And uh I just did a bunch of like tattoos, but you know, I was the first to get there, last to leave, tons of small shit. And uh again, just a young kid. And then some of the fucking the big guys were just kinda like, fuck you work hard, man. You know, and it's like that's kind of what I based my career off. It was just forget about all the noise and just work your ass off. Everything else takes, you know, care of itself. Right. So
0: Yeah, it's obvious with your career that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. 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 Was that the, I remember that Mickey put out those big wood folder books. Was that so that
1: came a few years later. Okay. And uh, so at that point I had been working at uh, Dutchman. So we all got in that. So me, Rob, and uh, John were in both uh, wood folders.
0: Those books were amazing. Oh, How big were
1: those? Amazing. Those were like. They were, they were massive, huge. man. Like. Yeah. they Yeah. Uh, I, um, and I mean, I, I think at the time they were like 500 euros or something like that. So I don't even yeah. know what they'd be. I have now.
2: the wood covers as art in my shop. Yeah, oh, I do too.
1: Yeah, I got them giant. in mine as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So trying. cool. Yeah. Uh, where are we? The wine's Imagine. taking effect. It's great. <laughs> You're missing out. It's good. That's not slum words. <laughs> See, I, I, I still got a
1: tattoo today, so I'm drinking some water
0: as well. So, yeah. uh, I took public transit. I'm good. Mm. I'm sleeping in my van in North Van. <laughs> oh, nice. Van guy. Nice. Yeah. Um,
2: so, well, the shop now yeah. in White Rock, yep. you've moved onto the strip.
1: Yep. So that started out, now? we had, what's that?
2: How long have you been at that location now?
1: Uh, we're going about seven years. So I've been in white okay. rock for about 14, I guess, in total, maybe
0: 15, something like that. So that's your so fourth fifth. location for craftsman. Uh,
1: Rob's in Chinatown and then two in white rock. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. crazy. So 20 years this year. Yep.
2: Awesome. And who do you have with you now?
1: So yeah, now, uh, we've got, uh, Leonie Osterman and, uh, Dan Thompson. So Dan worked for me originally back at the first location in white rock about, uh, Scummy Dan. Scummy Dan. Yeah. <laughs> nine or 10 years ago, uh, Leone, um, I, she had started apprenticing, with Nea actually, who worked for me in the shop as well. Okay. Um, and then I finished her apprenticeship. She's doing great. It's fucking awesome. But super so,
0: nice. Like, yeah, yeah, she's got a yeah. personality. It's awesome. She, uh,
1: it's nice to see because like I've never taken on an apprentice before right? Like, I, it's not something that I even thought I would ever do. And then as the years went on, I just kind of look at the industry and I'm like, I don't want to be a jaded old man, but I'm like, what am I going to teach these guys? You know, these guys come into the industry knowing more art than I could ever share with them, but they don't have the work ethic. And not to, again, fucking throw shit, but they just don't, uh, don't have the same outlook, right? Well, so it's like, I don't know what I can do, but with her, fuck dude. Like she's busting her ass. Right. Like it's
0: great. I think there's a lot that we can share though. I think the, the, the idea of mentorship is, is changed is all like,
1: we have to definitely re re, uh,
0: focus on like, and look at
1: things differently for sure.
0: Well, I think it's more than just the art, right? Like if you look, realize that people can come already with that type of skill, it's about how to be a good tattooer, how to succeed in the industry, how to advance your career, how to network. Um, yeah i don't know that shit kind of makes me sick a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean social media i just mean like yeah in the old-fashioned way like going out meeting people going out doing dance spots and fucking forcing yourself on people (laughs) no totally but i mean it's like back in the day
1: it's like people knew who you were based off your quality and i know it's a real short-sighted way to look at things there's so many other things to take into account like personality and all this other stuff but I was friends with a lot of asshole tattooers just cause they were good. <laughs> you know, like I could care less fucking about their personality, right? So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, that's a little awkward. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. it was nice working with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's a very white privilege way of looking at things. Yeah.
0: Oh shit. <laughs>
1: Can we replay that so I can see what I just said?
0: (laughs) I promised him we wouldn't let him incriminate himself. (laughs) Uh, More water. water. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So what are you... Okay, so before I dragged him over here, he was wrapping a guy up with numbing cream. Mm -hmm. The guy's getting his entire torso tattooed.
1: Yep.
2: At a convention? Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: worked on him all day yesterday. Uh, Yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday. So that's the only reason why. Usually I don't like the numbing creams, but this stuff's not bad. But uh, he was sitting all day yesterday and we're going to we did his chest and then today we're going to work on his torso. So, you know, I've got a little bit of compassion for the guy,
2: right? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. hey, numbing creams, which ones do you not mind somebody using?
1: Um, so and do you I'm put still, it on or do you, do you let them put it on? So, okay. So, I'm still on the fence about all of it. Uh, Most of the shit I do not like at all. Same. Um, Yeah. Um, Armor canes, uh, pretty good. But again, I've only used it about four or five times.
0: What's the lidocaine number on that? Is that 5% or is it a? I don't really want to say. Okay. I think that one's labeled labeled none of your business. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Totally. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. But anyways, it it works. Um, I think the difference is is they use like a gel instead of a cream. Okay. So the the vehicle on it seems to be definitely more effective, right? Um, but even with that, some people it works, some people it doesn't. But the only thing I like about it is that it doesn't. Um, you do got to slow down a little bit, right? Um, but it doesn't seem to affect
2: slow down the old how uh,
1: in tattooing. So
2: well, it toughens the skin. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Right. So like yeah, you're it, working on a little bit on like a rubber. Right? Yeah. And I mean, that's the yeah. same with all
0: numbing creams, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but not
2: pocky like chicken skin, just a little tougher. Okay. Yeah. So not
0: like Emla cream where it makes it. No, yeah. not at all. Oh okay. uh, yeah.
2: Fuck. I've never used that shit. No, it's horrible.
1: And, and this stuff isn't bad, but like, again, I've had a couple of clients that didn't do anything for it, Right. So. And how do you binge them after using that? Uh, so you, you, it takes uh, about two hours to set in. So you got to put it on nice and thick. Two hours. And you got to seal it so no air can get in. Yeah. Right? But you don't want it super tight that it squishes. You want to have a nice layer. It's got to be super thick. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The shit's not cheap though. So, I mean, it's, you know, definitely the client's got to buy it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They (laughs) should anyway, right? (laughs) Fuck. And then um, what I do with it is uh, instead of taking everything off, because the problem with it is that the gel solidifies and it almost turns into like a glue. Okay. So yeah. I don't use it with outlines because trying to apply a stencil on that shit yeah, is yeah. a nightmare. Right? Brutal. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's like a glue. So some people use alcohol to take it off. But the problem with that is the alcohol will also neutralize the numbing agent. Ugh. So it kind of defeats the purpose of it. Totally. So I take a little bit off at a time, roll down the saran wrap and work in areas. So you got to kind of rethink how you're doing a tattoo. You can't just do all your black at once and then all your dark color you got to do section by section by section for it to be effective anyway. So.
0: You can't see this, Sean, but Elvis, our tech. We have a tech today. <laughs> What's happening? He's laying on the floor and he's holding his back. He's got a two-month-old? Yeah. He's got a two-month-old infant. The poor guy is struggling. Oh, I just see him out of the corner of my <laughs> eye laying on the floor. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I I haven't used the armor cane, but I what I started doing was using. Uh, you can know, buy xylocaine from the pharmacist for mm-hmm. cheap. You can get them to make it for you too. Yeah, I did that years ago. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, had a I dentist do. do, that. do that.
1: Learned that from Dustin. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Actually, Dustin and I had a dentist. We were getting it made. Perfect. From. Yep. But I mix it in with my. Uh, I don't use Vaseline, but my uh, Glide, mm-hmm. and uh, that works not too bad. It's it's it just takes enough off of yeah. the pain that it's. Well, let's see, I've always wondered about that because like, I don't
1: even like using Bactine too much during a tattoo no. because like, I find that no. after a while when that starts to wear off, your nerves are so fucking irritated. Oh, right? fucking so brutal. Not, like, I
0: don't like using too much of any of that shit. Right? This like, stuff seems to just like numb as you go a little bit. So the stuff that's already inflamed settles yeah. a little bit and then the stuff right beside it you're working on just takes a touch off. Yeah, I, I think if you can take ten percent off the pain level for clients, it's mm-hmm. it it can make a big difference. But
1: yeah, but you can do that with you know not to compare working styles or anything, but definitely there's ways of doing that just with your overall setup on shit. You know, like the wipe for me with the, it kills everyone. It does instead it of spraying does. like because green soap itself is a detergent, right? It might yeah. be surgical, yeah. but that's going to irritate the skin as well. So. What a lot of people don't realize is you can just throw a little bit of Vaseline on there and it pulls the ink off the skin and you give it a wipe, huh? right? And it's like, you, you yeah. do that in a six-hour session and that's like...
0: that saves a lot. Oh, yeah. I've been tattooed by some dry wipers and I just oh. want to punch them in the fucking <laughs> nose. Like, are you seriously going to fucking...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> uh,
2: I always love bringing up every chance I get, but Ryan Gagne, he's not a dry wiper, but he's a slap, slow pull.
0: Oh, dude, slap. Right. Why are you slapping yeah. people?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll be like distracted doing something, and he'll just kind of like slap and be talking, and then just like uh, he'll kind of do that slow, like his own body weight of his hand will just kind of drag. Uh, him out. It's like, Dude, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, I'm so yeah. I'm the same as you. I fucking you dab as much as possible, you yep. know. Like, and if you have some glide on there, when you dab, it all comes up. Like all yeah. the ink comes off.
1: Same sort of thing. I've used that before too. That's that's good
0: shit. I'm just a little too cheap to buy it. I use. It goes a long way. That good. That good Does guy that, stuff goes a long way. Oh, nice, nice. You just need like nice this placement. Fucking Dave, there, Na- Nice product placement, eh? <laughs> good guy, come on, give me some money. <laughs> Damn, is that what it takes? I'm gonna have to do that. You just gotta ask. <laughs> I, we ain't getting money. <laughs> no.
2: I've been using their pen for the last two days, Dave. And nice. yeah. Uh, you don't. Like I don't pens. know what's wrong with this pen. I'm gonna have to talk to Lucas. Oh, but The fine. only way that thing will start is if I actually have it plugged into the wall. To turn it on, and then I have to unplug it, and then use it. What? As soon as I turn it off, and then I go to restart it, it turns off completely. What? That's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, No, mine doesn't do that at all. I like mine.
2: No, I highly doubt they designed it that way.
0: On, maybe <laughs> that's the <laughs> one Lucas sent you for sure. He's like, <laughs> it <is the> only- <laughs> <laughs> I've got the, he's got a whole array of defective ones. He's like, Hmm, I'll send he's him this one first.
2: <laughs> one for you to try out, <laughs> Nice. Yeah,
0: what are you using? Uh, so uh, I use the Cheyenne,
1: okay? Yeah, I uh, use the 4.0, um, had
0: it for about three years now. So, so when I worked with you, I think yeah. we were. I think we were both on rotaries at that time. I think that was right around the beginning of kind of our journey into rotaries, like Dan Kubin's and shags, shag builds and, Neotats. Yeah, I'd I'd
1: gone off and on from them for a couple of years. But I think when you were there, I was trying to go full force. So yes, uh, originally I had a real issue with trying to line with them. So yeah, yeah, so I was still using uh, Jesse young liners. I love his machines. His coils are fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I was using Neotats and Dan Cubans and then I tried a couple of things like uh, what was that Australia uh, the one that was pretty big at the time
0: the only thing I remember out of Australia was Classic Ink <laughs> no yeah there was one that was
1: really good but it was a it was weird it had like a weird round motion it was huge uh, fuck I can't remember what the hell mm-hmm. Anyways, oh. whatever. so I had one of those um, and then I would just switch what them all those
2: dragonflies them.
1: No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. I there was too many adjustments with that shit. I didn't like. I remember, yeah. Rob Hope had, had one of those. I couldn't stand that shit. Fuck. Rob Hope had a rotary. Yeah, he doesn't say that, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Rob Hope
0: when you were fucking using a dragonfly. Man. Oh fuck! Oh <laughs> my oh, god! My. That guy could make a beautiful tattoo with fucking toothpicks. Like. Oh, and he does. I've seen it. Yeah, his machines are on that shit. <laughs> But he can make anything yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. So what you're using the Cheyenne stuff now? Yeah, I uh, the, the
1: pen, it's great. Um, I've tried the good guy pen. It, it works great. But I mean, um, the only thing I think that the Cheyenne's got on it, it's got give. It's, so it seems like the good guy's more of a direct rotary. Yeah, you know? I would agree and with you. Some people love that. You know, for but, me, it's just not, I can't pull long lines with it. Um, really? Uh, it catches the skin too much. Oh, I you find know. the opposite. Really, I
0: find yeah, with the same.
2: That's the only reason why I like the good guy is because I can actually line with it. I yeah. can't line with the Cheyenne. The Cheyenne, really? I found,
0: I caught the skin more, yeah. and with since I've switched to the good guy, which is the same stroke length. Yeah, it's way less, and it to me it hits like uh, more like a direct drive, exactly. Okay. But it, okay. I find it lines way better. Yeah.
1: So the only thing same. I would say is like, uh, so I use the 4.0 on the Cheyenne, but I do choke my needle back. Right. So I'm not running my needle tip straight off the tube tip Mm -hmm. and. Fucking hanging out. Pull it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I like to just pull like a nice little long line and like, if I get the right, uh, stretch on that, you know, like the stretch is important, but if I can get that right stretch, I can just, I can do like a full
0: line. Something that I've always thought was different with coils versus rotaries. And Dan Kubin seemed to be the closest to a coil for me that way with lining was Mm. they didn't run as fast. And I would have to slow down so much to lie.
1: No, you're right. Yeah, 100%, you know. Yeah, no, they're definitely slower. Um, if you're thinking in it in terms of just like the old Icon method where you had your meter on there and there was mm-hmm. like hits per
0: fucking second and all that other shit, right? Hits per second, that's how we should fucking measure shit.
1: <laughs> Can we do HPS from now on? <laughs> but like the way they had their meter, yeah, for sure, for the old coils. But I find with the rotary, because there's no give – and there's no bog, essentially you're actually running faster, right? Your machine might might not feel like it's running faster, but you're definitely getting more saturation. Yeah. You know, 100%. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. crazy. Hmm. What's, what's next for craftsmen? 20 years in, what's next? Like, I mean, that's a big milestone. That's the thing, man. Like everything's changing now, right? Like the industry
1: seems to be going backwards a little bit, but not backwards in a bad way. No, not at all. You know, like, uh. I kind of look at it like when I first started in 95, I see a lot of similarities to now, like big time. You're not seeing the huge shops anymore, at least not the way they used to be, right? There's a few guys, you know, Dutchman and Sacred yeah. have got like some Pacific some Rose
0: pretty, pretty Pacific Rose is pretty big. Pacific Rose is pretty big.
1: But it seems like, I don't know, man, like most of the shops are two or three artists, right? Yeah. 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 You know, like yeah
0: i i actually don't know i'm just kind of feeling it out seeing what's happening i know there's a lot of talk about, uh I, there's always polarization in the fucking world today but i think a lot of people think a lot of us old guys think that the tattooing is going to shit and i don't agree with that i think it's <laughs> i think it i think it's great like yeah. it tattooing's better than it's ever been you know
1: well i, I mean how can it not be it, you just got to look at everything that's in front of us i mean the work by far is way better. Oh, way better.
2: Way,
1: way more diverse too. Yeah. Yeah. And the shit we're getting, um, like the quality of the supplies is a hundred times better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there a lot more artists? Sure. But I mean, the industry is fucking way bigger. Yeah. And then there's always a debate on whether the amount of artists per capita can supply the clientele. Well, I mean, again, work hard, concentrate on that and that's
0: all you need to worry about work
2: hard yeah Yeah.
0: that's it it. yeah
2: i was just work hard treat your fucking clients with respect and you'll you'll be busy
0: yeah that's it i was just talking to someone today and i was saying you know maybe what people should focus on is doing as stuff that's as original as possible Mm -hmm. rather than worrying about doing what fits into a certain fucking genre and defining yourself by being like a traditionalist or japanese or whatever just carve out a new niche like just do stuff that's fucking wild and crazy and dude that's so again what's that (laughs) what am i stupid about tell me
2: i said shut your stupid mouth (laughs) that
1: that's what i'm saying that reminds me of back in
2: the day
0: yeah
1: right so it's like you had to have a calling card you had to have something that set you apart right and yeah like i mean You know, traditional Americana wasn't huge in Vancouver back in the 90s. No, you had to beg people to get it. Yeah, and even Japanese was kind of like a little bit here, a little bit there, but it was mostly, you know, Greaseball Japanese, which I love, right? But, you know, when people ask me now, they're like, what kind of work do you do? I'm like, fuck, I have no idea. (laughs) It's like there's a little bit of everything in there, right? And, like, now people are too scared to really experiment with shit or have different influences they look at either the neo-trads or the traditional americana
0: or the hyper realism
2: it's become very rigid
0: yeah it has a very much like why can't you just take
1: aspects from all this shit and put it into your toolbox and apply it into a tattoo
0: you know mix it all up
1: take risks try different stuff you know the
0: people that you generally see like that carve out a niche for themselves and uh, get a big following are people that try something completely different, you know, like I think yeah. the
2: big thing is, is what, you know, you have to know the rules of the different. Art oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. Right? No, you can't so just go in there and start copying a lot that, of people yeah. that are trying it. Sometimes maybe they just, they're not doing it right yet. So mm-hmm. it's like, it'll get there. Cause again, it's, over but no, what
1: I, what I mean is like, I like, I don't necessarily like hyper realism that much, but I'll look at some of their color compositions and some of the ways they're applying contrast. I'm like, okay, I can use that. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And then I, I look at some of the, like, especially the American traditional, the line weights and the way that they're so efficient and putting that shit in. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. I can use that as well. And then I love the Japanese, but I mean, the way I started, I was doing new school and I was looking at, you know, Frank Frazetta and heavy metal magazine and illustration, you mix all that shit up and it's like, you got something. Right, yeah, like you totally. can work with that, and it's like if more people did that, you would it would be a lot more diverse. Yeah, sure.
0: people yeah. are so caught up in following what's popular on Instagram and trying to emulate Pinterest, that. and then yeah. your shit's the same, right? Like, why yeah. compete in a field of a thousand or ten thousand traditionalist tattooists? Why not just take it? and fucking spin it on its head, like Halter's done. Or Mike, Mm -hmm. Mike Mendez, a tattooer in Vancouver has done something completely different, or Stace Ferrand did with Japanese Mm -hmm. where it's just. Oh, Stace
1: just blows my mind. You know,
0: like that's why they're popular, right? Like, if there's stuff. Well, and it's
1: not about being a popularity contest, but at the end of the day. If you want to stay busy, it is. Well, and not just busy too, man. But like, what I mean is like, we don't just do this for money. We don't just do it for a career. As much as I'm saying, work hard, make your money support your family, do all that stuff. I could do so many fucking other jobs that are way easier and accomplish the same thing. What <laughs> I get
0: from this. If, if you were a that, day trader, the amount of work you put into tattooing, you'd yeah. be a fucking billionaire. Exactly. <laughs> but what I get from it's like,
1: man, again, it's like landing that first skateboard trick. You know, it's like fucking, I just drew a draw and I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Like if I knew when I was 11 years old, I would be doing this for a living. That's crazy. You know, like, that blows my mind still. And it's, I'm yeah. not just tracing shit. I'm creating brand new stuff that my clients fucking love. That, in itself, that's thats the shit right there.
0: It's right? amazing to have a day where you're at the shop tattooing and you're just like, you just realize you're like, this, uh, this is how I support myself. <laughs>
1: like 100%, you know? yeah. And I mean, I don't got much else in life. You know, my kids are growing up. I ride oh, yeah. motorcycles.
2: Congratulations. Your son just graduated. He did. Yeah. Mason down Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's going to be a plumber. He's going into pipe fitting and stuff. Oh, he's so. going to be rich. He's a plumber. <laughs> he's going to make more money than me. That's what I mean. <laughs> so, <yeah.
0: laughs> I accomplished <laughs> something.
1: Smart Don't go into kid. tattooing.
0: <laughs> Don't be a dirt bag like your dad. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah no, if I know Fucking. uh, yeah, no, super stoked. He just graduated That's and, awesome. uh, yeah. Unfortunately, he's at home sick today. He was going to come down and hang out for
0: Oh, people, so. it's bad. Yeah. Fucking
1: Ryan Halter's here with his son. Oh Creedon. Yeah. Yeah, Creedon. dude. So we did a convention. We did, uh, London, I want to say six years ago and brought Creedon and Mason. Oh, wild. And they were our counter boys and it was fucking rad. Dude. That's it was amazing. so like Mason, I think was, I want to say maybe 11. <laughs> Creden, oh I think, God. was
0: thirteen or fourteen. Could you imagine being that age at a tattoo convention? Oh, and he'd those were ones... a few,
1: but London was like, yeah. oh, dude, he was so stoked. Like, the first day, <laughs> like we had them at the front, and like you remember the London booths, right? They were small. Never been. Oh, okay. So <laughs> everything in Europe, all the booths are like small as shit. Like literally, you're eight feet by four feet. Perfect. And you got a tattoo a in in that, <laughs> well, right? And then you've got you know our kids. But I remember. um the two, the second day they settled in. Like, so the first day I told Mason, I'm like everything he sells. So we've got merch, right? I'm going to give you uh some PC. And he's like, what's PC? I'm like, okay, that's, you Your know, personal cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you know, whatever. Right. And he didn't really think much of it. And then that night, uh, we got out at midnight and we all went down to a pizzeria place. There was a whole bunch of tattooers. He's in there just, you know, high struck, right. And I pay him out and it was like 150 pounds or something.
2: Oh my god! Because dude,
1: we made some good money, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like looking at it, he's thinking it's dollars. I'm like, well, no, that's... times up by two, bud. And he's like, you just made three hundred bucks, right? So the next day, holy <laughs> shit, those kids were hustling, man. <laughs> 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 they were like, hey, you want to buy a print? You want to buy a print? And oh my god, that's so what you, you know, want. The Is back it, of their chair. You want a right?
0: kid in your booth selling merch? Oh, exactly, right. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect, man. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I that that was, was a proud papa moment.
2: I'm going to go down a limb and say Ryan Holter's wearing less of a t-shirt than you are right now at the convention.
0: Uh, no, I think it's the uh, same. No, pretty but, less. No, but he, he's he smaller. Was, he was shirtless he's yesterday, too, right? So, oh, was he shirtless yesterday? Yeah. 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 But That's, he's smaller.
1: I mean, it was hot, but then, you know, fuck, that dude's so hot. I was like, fuck, i got to take my shirt off, too. Right? Clint's looking pretty <laughs> buff. He's
0: he's well-tanned. Oh. He's oiled up. He's fit. <laughs> <laughs> Be a good advertisement for like you know bear quarterly down on Davy street (laughs) oh dude (laughs) come on now we don't want to be thrown the
2: vancouver after party is going to be at celebrities oh fuck
0: let's go (laughs) yeah yeah oh fuck no it's been great uh awesome catching up with
2: you clint yeah thank you top five tattooers
0: (laughs) to you who are your top five tattooers wow and that's a that's a current thing that doesn't have to be like you have to stick to that for the rest of your life or anything
1: no i mean i i think about that a lot so i mean um i honestly say like there's obviously everybody knows who i've talked about but the first guy i gotta say is the one of the first guys that ever tattooed me uh, a guy named cliff jarvis oh no way yeah so cliff jarvis he australian no, 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 that was, no, uh, Cliff, Clayton. Cliff, Clayton. Oh, yeah. okay. Cliff Jarvis, uh, worked for ACE tattoo, um, under Dave and Brian, when they both owned it, as far as I know, Dave might've been in and out, I'm not sure. Uh, but he was a young kid. And if we're talking artwork style, he would be kind of like the seed before Trent, huh? Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Dude, he was fucking like, I got tattooed by him when I was 16. Uh, down on East Hastings and like his fucking artwork was nuts, dude. Like he wasn't drawing, you know, flash. It was just like crazy, like flashboards this big of castles and dragons coming down, like very, very fantasy style stuff, but super talented. Where is he now? Uh, well, he had some personal issues. Um, he kind of disappeared as far as I know, probably about 15, 20 years ago. Oh, but if you ever talk to Trent, he'll, he'll talk about Cliff. Um, try Yeah. Come on. Come on, Trent. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, um, well, Trent's right up there as well too. Trent fucking blew my mind right from the early, early days. John, um, we've already talked about John quite a bit. Dave's the guy, Dave Shore, I would say. Yeah. It's just like, there's just so many things about Dave, right? Like when you say the Godfather, I mean, everybody knows what that constitutes, but I mean, The guy was an artist in a scene that didn't really care if you were.
0: Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? But, but he fucking drew, you know, and he was a good artist, man. He wasn't just a tattooer, but you know, he'd knock you out. He'd fucking drink fucking (laughs) liquor with you, And he would draw
0: in a fucking amazing tattoo. Like. Totally. That was crazy. He was a persona bigger than even in person he was even bigger than the persona he portrayed oh he
1: was 100 never look at him in the eyes that's what i was told by john the first time i met him (laughs) don't look at his eyebrows he used to (laughs) fucking he used to curl these fucking eyebrows up into horns (laughs) they were so big
0: yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) oh my god actually
0: if we got time there's a story about him too Fuck, we got all the time in the world. Poor Elvis is sitting here. He's probably got some lunch he's (laughs) got to make. He's just on the phone playing video games. (laughs) So one of the the first um,
1: uh, sort of trips I did in Europe after Milan, I took my daughter. She was three and my wife at the time. And we went to Europe for a month, right? So originally my, and again, one of the best artists that I love is Luke Atkinson. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So I was working for John at the time, and John's like, well, do you want to do a guest spot when you're over there? I'm like, fuck yeah, I would love to do one at Checker Demon, right? So they had been trying to get a hold of him, and then as it's leading up to my date when we're flying out, they're like, sorry, you know, we can't get a hold of him. We don't know what's going on. Turns out the, the first Paris convention was going on. So everybody was out there. And uh, But he's like, I can get you, uh, you know, a spot at Hanky Panky's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like. Fuck yeah. You know, like Hanky Panky's, they, you know, he tattooed the chili peppers and all those dudes. Right. super notorious for lots of reasons.
0: The tattoo museum. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so
1: I'm like, yeah, for sure. So we fly into Amsterdam. I'm not scheduled to work there for about a month. So we're going to go to like Belgium and Switzerland and just do the trip. Right. But I wanted to check in and just, uh, give, um, actually at the time, Hank wasn't there. He had some issues going on. You probably remember all that shit. Uh, so Molly was running the show. Oh yeah. Tattoo Molly. Tattoo Molly. So I went in and I bought him like a nice little gift to say thank you and all that stuff. And Molly comes out. I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right on. Everything's great. Awesome. So I'm like, all right, I'll see you in a month. We did our shit. We come back and, uh, I've got my suitcase of stuff and I'm waiting outside the door. Um, clean kid shows up, opens up the door and Molly had already shown me, you know, where it'd be working. So I just went in, started setting up. And then the rest of the tattoo artist crews came in and at this time it was pretty transient. They were getting a lot of guest spots, but no real regular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, they're all looking at me and they're like, who the fuck are you? Right. And there's this guy echo from New York and, uh, JJ from LA and intimidated fucks. (laughs) man. JJ is awesome. He, He was a really good dude and they all were, but they just intimidated the hell out of me. And, uh, I'm like, oh yeah. And they're like, well, how are you here? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm with, uh, Dutchman tattoos. They didn't hear, they didn't know who John was. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, Molly set it up. And they're like, Molly doesn't work here anymore, bro. And it's like literally out of what? like a fucking TV show and I'm getting eyed down. Right. And I'm like, and have you ever been to that shop? No. So the ceiling's about that tall. <laughs> it's in the basement <laughs> of the hangout yeah. in fucking, um, uh, the red light district. Right. And I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? And they're like, well, Big Frank's going to come down and talk to you.
0: Big Frank. Now that's, that that (laughs) sets the stage pretty good. (laughs) We don't
2: need to say anything
1: else about that. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, fuck. And he comes down and he starts talking about everything. Right. And I I tell him where I'm from and he's like, well, I've never heard of him. (laughs) And this is nothing against John, but this has to do with Dave. And he's like, well, where are you from? And I'm like, well, Vancouver, Canada. He's like, well, who else do you know in Vancouver? I'm like, Dave Shore. He's like, oh, Dave. <laughs> I've never met Dave Shore at this point. <laughs> I've never actually said a word to him at this point. I only know of Dave from his reputation, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you're good buddies with him? I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 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 so anyways, it gets me through the whole fucking um Uh, experience there and then I go back and you know when I finally meet Dave I tell him that story right and he just fucking he's laughing his ass off he's like "All right, you owe me one now
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dave Shore used to tell stories about uh, what his job was in Amsterdam when he wasn't working it was to clean the streets of uh, the red light district at night so Mm -hmm. they would walk around and just get rid of all the fucking sailors and punks and
1: yep time to move on yeah yeah,
0: fucking crazy. That would have been. Oh,
1: yeah, so that All guy's right. well, legit.
0: That
2: was, you named four tattoos. We need one more, bud. Oh, shit! yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I forgot already. <laughs> so, what did I say? I was talking Cliff, Trent, John, Dave, Dave. Uh, I mean, Luke for sure. Well, that's i mean there's
2: there's that's there's, that's, that's there's so many more man
1: like i mean well, obviously course. if we're coming well, from the west coast i've got to i've got
0: to say steve moore no sure. you said five. Oh, i want to see he said, five. You said <laughs> <five>. <laughs> <laughs> no all right no but that's a solid five like i mean luke atkinson is I, I don't think he gets enough credit in north america for his influence no not at all i think his, and i mean he should yeah yeah, yeah definitely uh Ah uh, fuck. Uh, who else did you mention? Oh, Trent. So Trent. And Trent's Cliff. got such a big influence, and in it sadly people just don't know about it. But dude, he's super quiet. He doesn't give a shit about that stuff. No, and I mean,
1: but like he like
0: it's uh, obvious was, in your work that it's had a big influence. Totally, you know? and same as Dustin's, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like me and
1: Dustin would just sit there and fucking geek out on his shit all the oh, time, right? Like,
0: totally. Dustin you know. used to talk about Trent all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I, I think with those guys, and like I said, if if you can. <sighs> you know in this day and age where everything's internet i don't know if you'll ever be able to find anything from cliff jarvis but trent and cliff stuff at least when i first met trent was very similar obviously way different now but um but Cliff was just like man that was the first guy i saw like so he tattooed this little skull wristband here okay right? super simple not a yep. basic thing but i was 15 when i got that and I went in, and they had Flash and Ace, and I picked that up, and he was the first guy, just simply put, he goes, okay, no problem, but I draw my own skulls. That wasn't done in fucking 92,
0: 93. No. Right? Like... <laughs> it was done... Well, it would have been done at Ace, though.
1: Yeah. Like that. And they just did that, right? Yeah. And like... Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't until I started working at Anarchy, because Cliff and Guy had uh they knew each other they had a relationship so guy had a lot of cliffs original drawings there
0: oh dope
1: so when i was going through like all the files because like remember back in the day every tattoo shop would have files of art and drawings and stencils and shit right so when you're sitting around killing time you're going through shit and i would find these fucking illustration boards with just like hundreds of hours and like they're professionally done like he could have been a graphic artist he could have done anything Right. Like it we was got, just amazing.
0: We got to find, we got to talk to a guy and try to dig that stuff up. Yeah. It'd yeah. I'm sure he's still fun. got some of it. Yeah. 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 Crazy. So what's next? How many conventions are you doing this year? Like eight? Uh, I'm just going to do Canadian stuff this year with the 20th anniversary. You know, we're well, you're going to Denmark, are you not?
1: Or Copenh- yeah, Copenhagen? Yeah. Yeah. So with Denmark, that's going to go for Henning's 40th.
0: 40 years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We're celebrating I mean, 20 years for this guy. I know. 40 years. Like it's yeah. such a crazy number. I've been honored to
1: be able to work at his shop a couple times and like Henning's such a fucking rad guy. And I mean, uh, not only such an amazing tattoo artist, but if you've ever had a chance to meet him, he's just so nice. Yes. You know, like that's all I can say It's just like, he's just. There's no like power trips that you find with a lot of tattooers. There's none of this negative stuff. He's just like, he's legitimately interested on how you are as a person. Yes, right? absolutely. And re- if he knows you, he respects your art and doesn't matter, you know, how many years you got under your belt. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't
0: judge. It's he, just and nice. he doesn't seem yeah. to age. I know that's crazy. Eh? I know <laughs> yeah. it's fucking crazy. It is crazy yeah. 40 years having that shop and. Yeah. He's as youthful as any of us. I'm and I mean, <laughs> if you've ever been
1: to a shop too, it's in the middle of nowhere, dude. Like Nijmegen, or not Nijmegen, Helsinger is where he's at. Um, it's on the, uh, there's a ferry terminal to Sweden. So most of the clientele are co- is coming from Sweden, but it's about a two hour train from Copenhagen, right? So it's a small little town. But that place is just packed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's super cool. Yeah. So what are the conventions? Toronto?
1: Uh, no. Kelowna? Uh, so is next, and then uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, and then that'll be it for this year. Okay. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to do um, the States again. Uh, San Diego and San Francisco is always fun. I want to get back down there and definitely get back into Europe. Even though we're going to Denmark, uh, I'm just going to be doing a guest spot out there. I'm not doing a convention. Uh, but I'd like to get back into whatever reforms for London, you know because it's okay. done now right so you're more of a convention artist you don't really do many guest spots no actually my last guest spot at Deadly was probably well other than fucking um, Royal Tattoo with Henning that's probably the only guest spot I've ever done
2: it, it,
0: it, that had a big effect on a lot of people that were there I've talked to a lot of artists that were there when you did that and which? they were like Clint just talked and told stories it was amazing which one uh, at Deadly Oh really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People <laughs> love that shit.
1: I uh, uh, Well, i know. More. I've, I've you, you do know more. I've been known to exaggerate a
0: little bit. So. No
1: <laughs> You would've made a great fisherman.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Cool. Well, I guess I'll see you at Kelowna, buddy.
1: Sounds good, bud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right.
1: Right
0: on. Gentlemen, it's been great. Have a good time, guys.
2: Awesome.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Congratulations on you twenty gotta, years. You gotta finish that bottle of wine. Well, just gonna put the cap on that oh, fuck. I got I still got to work, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, it was good seeing you.
2: Good to see you buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you bet.